Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Codify, your go-to podcast about all things computer science. So today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome, but more specifically about how imposter syndrome affects the computer science workforce. So it's been said that people in tech, uh, people in the tech space tend to experience imposter syndrome more, more frequently because the pace of change and innovation is really quick. Like if we think about the amount of different things that have been done in technology over the past five, 10, 20 years, it's really hard to keep up with. And there's this expectation that a lot of us should. And this is really like perpetuating this cycle of not feeling like enough and kind of just being in this cycle of if be of it being impossible to keep up with everything. And imposter syndrome really exists in every single field that we can see today, but it's most prevalent among women and other underrepresented groups in computer science. So if we look at um, all the jobs in the world, women hold less than a third, and specifically in math and computer science, it stands at around 28%, and for engineering and, uh, and for arch architecture, it drops down to 16%. And then more on a global scale, it's very unstable when it comes from country to country. Like in the U.S., it's a lot higher, but in Europe and places like Asia, the number of women in tech really just drops down dramatically. So that's kind of an overview of imposter syndrome. But now I want to go into more of the history in the late 1970s. So during this time, uh, two students, I believe Pauline Rose Clance and Susanna Imes, actually discovered what they called the imposter phenomenon. And they described it as this overall insecurity that people felt when they didn't feel worthy enough or they didn't feel good enough for some sort of job. And it meant that people, like for people, it meant that they weren't smart enough or that they hadn't worked hard enough for their job and they lacked the credentials and skills to enjoy that to enjoy the success that they had ripped that they had reaped and so this is basically what they described uh, as imposter phenomenon and it's something that a lot of us have felt today i was actually reading up in an article a few days ago and it mentioned that 57 percent of everyone in the computer science workforce but more specifically in college students college freshmen experience imposter syndrome um, on a pretty big scale so that's a general overview of imposter syndrome. <laughs> so what are the main advantages and disadvantages of imposter syndrome in tech? So yeah, imposter syndrome in tech is just like so widespread. I think it's just because tech careers are just so tough and it's just so hard for people to get a tech position. And so there's many advan there's like a few advantages, but there's definitely more disadvantages. Some of the advantages are like people constantly strive to learn as much as they can. And they're perfectionists who won't stop until they've like learned everything they need to know or they're considered the best or they've absolutely perfected something. So I guess it means that they could become the best at their job and beat out a lot of other people and doing the best that they absolutely can. However, there are a lot of disadvantages such as it, imposter syndrome being leading to devastating sadness and depression overwhelming feelings of self-doubt and even the damaging desire to just be alone all the time. And this obviously has more long-term effects than simply getting a greater position at a job or helping your company more because depression and sadness can lead a lot of people down the wrong routes. And it's a lot worse than just 
being able to help your company more because that's something that can also come with other feelings and it just doesn't have to come from imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I like with that, I really think the biggest cause of imposter syndrome is mainly just perfectionism and coming from a place of wanting to be the best at everything and wanting to excel in things. And I also want to mention that I feel like women in the tech sector, they have to be more qualified and they have to kind of uphold a higher standard of what it means to be intelligent just to be accepted by the other people in the workforce. So I think that's one of the biggest causes. But other um, like roots of it is biases and marginalization, both in cultural and societal expectations, and just gender-based and systematic stereotype uh, stereotypes. And also with the competition thing, in like for if we look at like John Hopkins for example or Carnegie Mellon they have some of the most competitive computer science programs in the world and it's because computer science is such a competitive field that is growing so quickly and so many people are fighting for positions within the field it's leading to a lot of people to just get really overwhelmed and just by the pure amount of information that they have to learn and the high expectations that they face. So I think those are probably the biggest causes of what causes the syndrome. Yeah. Okay. So how do we think that we can start to overcome imposter syndrome? What has been done in the status quo so far? So actually, because we like went over that, like imposter syndrome can definitely be caused by the setting or culture. And so, for example, work culture with only white or male leadership, which tends to happen a lot in computer science because it just hasn't been expanded to a lot of women, it can lead marginalized individuals to feel like they don't deserve their place. So what's happening now is more and more companies, in order to avoid that, are hiring and promoting people with more underrepresented identities. So, like, for example, people who are not just white or males and who actually have the same credentials just haven't been given a chance. And so that's really helped imposter syndrome because people can see other people who are doing the exact same as them and belong there. So they feel like they're not imposters because there's also other people there. There's also there they can be more training leadership in critical race theory and gendered racism and even creating spaces for underrepresented individuals. It is also important for institutions to help people to hold people accountable for their microaggressions and racist dynamics, because that's definitely a huge cause of imposter syndrome. Because if you're hearing like all of your coworkers being against you all the time, it's not going to help you feel like you belong in the workplace. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to add on to that about like kind of addressing a lot of the microaggression is that like the biggest way that we can start to eliminate a lot of what people are feeling is to start creating communities and creating people who support like a cause. Like I know Google and a lot of the big tech companies are really looking to hire more women and specifically people from marginalized and underrepresented communities. And I think that's such an important thing to do because by hiring people from diverse cultures and diverse backgrounds and from different genders, we can really get this diversity of perspective in the workplace. Like if we're in an office and we're having a team meeting about a certain application that we have to make for a client, it we're gonna have much better ideas if we have a room full of different people who have lived different experiences of what it means to be a man or to be a woman of their culture of the places that they live in and the people that they live with and I think all of these experiences can really come together to form really amazing team team 
like spaces that can really foster innovation and creativity and collaboration, which I think are the three characteristics of any good company and of any good like underlying like framework of technology. So I definitely think that imposter syndrome is such a real thing that a lot of people experience. And it's something that not a lot of people are talking about because it feels really silly, but it's definitely something that is important and something that we need to start that we need to start addressing. So yeah, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? I think that's good. Okay, thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. I know it was a bit short, but I really wanted to come on here and just talk about it because it's something I'm sure we've all experienced. So if you had any questions or concerns, feel free to DM us on our Instagram at codify underscore podcast, and we'll see you guys for our next episode. Bye.